0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts,
1: Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, DFSers. It's a Halloween edition. ...of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. It's week eight. Bets, how you doing, man? Kyle,
0: I cannot be better. I am I'm sitting here staring at my computer, and looking back at me is... ...someone dressed up in a banana costume with the sign behind them that I won't reveal what it says... ...because it is one of our favorite plays on the slate. Uh, but you were dressed up for Halloween, which I, I appreciate so, so much... ...because, unfortunately, I'm the only one that's seeing this, so I get to appreciate you dancing to the intro... In a banana costume. Uh, it's a sad world, but you can't see that. I'm the only one, so I, I feel lucky.
1: No, I'm thankful for that because, you know, sometimes you sit in a Zoom room alone, and that's just a lonely place to be in 2020 is, uh, you know, on Zoom, no one's online. But dude, you're here, I feel, and you as listeners, you guys are here. Um, and I'm really grateful because week seven was kind of tough for both of us. And, and I would say for a lot of people, it was one of the highest scoring slates I've seen for a while. There were cash lineups uh, that people were having where they hit 200 and they weren't even cashing, which is just crazy on DraftKings. So I kind of want to sum up last week, and I'll let you go first, but give me a metaphor from week seven just to kind of summarize the slate, summarize uh, how things went for you.
0: Yeah, you're correct in saying that it was just wild to see – the scoring output and just not being able to cash for some lineups, like I just feel like I got like smacked in the face by the slate, <laughs> despite having great plays like Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, etc. So my metaphor that I came up with was monkey see, monkey do, because if you played the chalk lineup of the week, which presumably was Alvin Kamara, then cheap running backs with Gio Bernard, Jamal Williams, and then pay up for Devontae Adams when we got the news that Aaron Jones was going to miss... Most likely you cashed unless you had a, an off-the-wall play somewhere else. But yeah, if you just said, all right, what is the quote-unquote optimal lineup this week? And you plugged it in, you probably did all right.
1: For me, I had Devontae Adams in every single lineup that I built. Every cash game lineup, every tournament lineup. It, 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 and it frustrated me because I, I looked up and we were hitting Sunday afternoon. And I go, man, I have I have done really well. Um, I was at a Bachelor weekend weekend. And I didn't have a ton of time to do tournament lineups. Our internet was real spotty, but I, I had Devontae Adams in all my lineups. I had pretty solid plays at running back. I just felt pretty good about my lineups. I had Kamara, a lot of those, a lot of those, but what happened is Sunday night, you know, we haven't got Sunday night games on the main slate per se in DFS for a while. And a lot of people use, liken those to the Sunday night hammer. I likened it to an avalanche because I woke up <laughs> under the avalanche of not having Tyler Lockett in my lineup. Me too. And because of that, it just completely sunk me. And I think a lot of people felt that way. I had a lot of people messaging me saying, did I do something wrong? So what kind of advice would you give people bets when you know they're hitting 170, 190 points in their lineup and they're not cashing? How would you explain that to somebody?
0: If you're doing that every week, you're going to be a very, very rich person. <laughs> that will win you money, I feel like, 95% of the time if you're playing in a cash lineup. I mean, that's an excellent score. Um, most weeks, I went wrong in that I played the wrong Seahawks receiver. I played uh, DK Metcalf, and he was the difference maker. I missed my cash lineups by, like, five points. And clearly, if you play Tyler Lockett, you're going to smash. He <laughs> saw 20 targets and went for, what, three three touchdowns and, like, 200 yards. Just went absolutely bananas um love the reference there in case you missed it and you know that was the difference but if you're if you're putting up 175 points every week you're going to do extremely well uh, in cash lineups
1: and just to give you some courage if last week was a tough week for you or maybe there's two or three weeks in a row you're just not cashing realize that's normal it's totally okay to have a couple of down weeks and part of that is just learning how to manage your bankroll so in terms of cash we recommend um whatever you have in your, in your bank, let's say it's a hundred dollars. That's an easy amount for, for us to understand, maybe put in just 20 to 30% of that each week. You're not trying to just go all in. Um, you're trying to just slowly build it back up in your cash lineups. And I found that a lot of people just, if you stay consistent with that, uh, and you listen to this podcast, you subscribe to the DFS pass at ultimate dfspass.com. Then uh, you're gonna come out profitable over the rest of the year. So it's week eight. It's halfway through. A lot of people give up, but you are here. You're with us. You get to listen to to Bets and I. Just there's no better just, place in the world right now. This is it. <laughs> you're. I mean, why? Why would you be doing anything else when you hear this podcast? Quit your job. All right. Just listen <laughs> to us. Yeah, because when you
0: with the amount of money you're gonna win, putting up 175 points every week, you won't really need a job. So it makes perfect sense.
1: That'll be the the best testimony that we can get. Because we've had some people that have placed in the Millie Maker, but the person says, I won this week and I went up to my boss and just told them off and I quit. Now I'm with you guys.
0: (laughs) That would be (laughs) fantastic.
1: If you want to go online, uh, iTunes, subscribe and review. If you're offline, don't know why you are, you can still be online with us. But we love to get those five-star reviews on iTunes. They certainly help the show. And uh, just here, the fantasy footballers, we're just all about being connected to you and connected to what's going on in your home leagues, what's going on uh, in your dynasty leagues. But here at DFS, we want to be able to make what we do better. So we're always looking for more feedback. So if you want to, you can find me at Twitter at Kyle underscore Borg or bets at the Fantasy PT. So let's get into the main slate. (laughs) State of the main slate. So we want to give some overarching thoughts for the main slate. And the reason why we do that before we get into these five games we love to stack is because you just need a lay of the land of who the studs are each week. Because everybody's gonna to want to fit in probably two running backs this week that you would say are certifiable studs. And this week, I would say those studs are Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry. Dalvin Cook, since it looks like he's going to be back healthy. And then, Betts, would you put Kareem Hunt in that category?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to talk about him in a lot more detail here in a second. But I agree. To me, he is definitely in that kind of stud conversation up there with those guys in the same tier.
1: And then, Devontae Adams is like far and above like everyone else at wide receiver. Like you'll see on some of your uh, pricing, like it's Devonte Adams is 8,800 and then everyone else is a thousand or, or, or less than that. So you have to pay up for Devonte Adams. You saw last week that he can break a slate and it was so good having him in my lineups, you know, getting the volume, getting the touchdowns, but it, it's a little different this week and the matchups a little different. We'll get into it. And the last thing I'll mention is the tight ends. It's Kelsey and Kittle at the top. Andrews is on this slate although they play the Steelers and then another guy that I'm sure we're going to talk about later Darren Waller so any oh, yes. other overarching thoughts you have
0: yeah I think you know just before you even start breaking down the games that we're going to talk about my first takeaway from the slate and we've been kind of been talking about this um you know texting back and forth like the wide receivers this week are so tricky if you want to pay up for these stud running backs, it puts you in a really tough spot as far as having a lot of cash left to pay up for solid wide receivers that you feel really comfortable about. Comfortable about, So you're going to have to make some off-the-wall plays, so to speak, of guys that maybe you wouldn't typically look at in cash, but we'll help you out on the show today to looking at some of the ones that we like in that type of format. But you definitely have to, to ask yourself kind of what's the optimal way to go about your pricing this week. Usually, it's pretty straightforward. To me, I found it to be a little tricky so far this week.
1: Yeah, it's the price range. We were comparing... The price range of wide receivers, anybody under 5,500 is really hard to like feel really good about in your lineup of like, this guy's going to give me a ton of volume. Um, So we'll we'll talk about some of those players. Let's get into this first matchup. Green Bay Packers are six and a half point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings. This game has a 54 point total. And this is a rematch from week one where Devontae Adams just came out on fire. Uh, MVS actually had a touchdown and we were looking at this game and going wow Aaron Rodgers is back like this is the Aaron Rodgers and he's really just been awesome since he had that one dud game against the Bucks that we told you to fade Uh, but great divisional matchup and I want to start off with this hot stat this is this is some hot stuff this is fire
0: this is fire right here
1: as the kids would say it's fi and so uh (laughs) since Mike Zimmer has come to Minnesota so really over the last four plus years the Vikings are one eighteen and one. It's not a good record, Bets That's uh that is that's five. Quite bad. Quite bad. <laughs> They're one eighteen and one outdoors against teams with winning records. So the Packers are killing it this year, five and one. And the game's outside at Lambeau. I don't know if you've heard of Lambeau Field before, but it's outside. So That doesn't set up very well. I mean, that is that is atrocious that they are been that bad outside away from the Dome. So what are your first kind of initial takes of this game? What players do you want to build around?
0: Yeah, it's so tough because the easiest answer is I want Packers in my lineup, obviously. I mean, they've got one of the highest team uh, implied totals on the slate. This is extremely high over under. And we've seen them, you know, excel against this defense. Obviously, it was week one and they just smashed. But The pricing is so, so tough this week. Like you said, Devonta Adams, $8,800 in DraftKings is priced up to basically be like a top two running back play. Like that's the equivalent of where he's priced at. And on FanDuel, he's $9,100. So to me, as much as I want him in my lineups, unless I'm playing GPPs, I feel like it's so tough to pay up to get him. Unless you go off the wall at running back. And then that makes me feel really, really uncomfortable at my lineup. So yeah, it's tough. I want these guys and certainly will have some exposure to them. But when I look at that side of the ball, to me, Aaron Jones is is the the play that you can fit into your lineup at an affordable price. $7,300 on DraftKings, $8,500 on FanDuel. It is a little tricky. And, and we need to kind of get more information throughout the week about his calf injury. Obviously, he sat last week. He picked it up in practice. But this Packers medical staff, and I, I said this on the, the Injury Blitz podcast for the JoinTheFoot.com supporters, is that they are historically very conservative with their injured players, especially their stud injured players. And so even though you might see reports this week that Aaron Jones wants to play, they might hold him out. And if he does, it could open up some opportunity to save money again with Jamal Williams. But along those same lines, because they're so conservative, if they put Aaron Jones out there in your lineups, you can feel confident in his health.
1: For sure. Yeah, we just got to wait till later in the week. I love Dalvin Cook, 7,500, so he's a step below Kamara and Henry this week, and I think his roster percentage will be lower than it should be, just because everyone's been used to that injury. He still has a Q next to his name, so I think that'll just, you know, some people kind of walk away. In week one, he had 150 yards and a score against them. I love playing Dalvin Cook in DFS. I really don't have him anywhere in redraft leagues, but... Man, he just always smashes, and we know how bad this Green Bay run defense... It's a run funnel. I mean, that's what it is. They're setting teams up this way. Um, I'm not crazy about Adam Thielen. Uh, He faces Jar Alexander, who's really shut down a lot of big-time players. Uh, So with this game, it's just hard. If you want Packers, you're paying up. If you want Cook, you're still paying up as well. It's just hard to get really cute with this because I just don't trust the kirk cousins side like can you stack those wide receivers on that side on the viking side of the ball right you can
0: and it's probably more of a contrarian play but as you can tell by the tone of my voice i don't love it i mean kirk cousins he's just a guy that when the matchup seems right he comes out and just falls on his face or when the matchup seems like it shouldn't you know be that you know profitable he comes out and he smashes i can't figure him out and i have a tough time trusting him and to be honest with you i kind of have a a bias against kirk cousins because what we've seen through the first two to three weeks of the season i feel like it's just stuck in my brain where it was just so so bad for the vikings that it's hard for me to click the button on kirk cousins we're going to talk about players that are like five to $600 cheaper on DraftKings specifically that I like way way more than Kirk Cousins so to me he's a GPP play and kind of as we talk through this matchup like there's it's such a good environment for points to be scored but I honestly don't know how to build a lineup around it so I feel like I'm of zero help this week for whatever that's worth hopefully you can help us out here but I agree with you to me like the top two plays between these these uh, running backs and these wide receiver groups based off price is Dalvin cook and Aaron Jones. So if you have to pick one of those, which one are you going with in your lineup?
1: I'm going to go with cook. I just trust him more, you know, and I just feel like if he gets the workload, if he gets, let's say 18 touches, like he's going to be super efficient. And, you know, even if they're coming from behind, like he's going to get the passing work. I'm not scared of Alexander Madison. So 7,500, I'm totally for that. It's it's kind of like what you said. You have to just pick, like, do I want to pay up for Adams? Do I want to pay up for Cook? And then maybe sprinkle in some GPP plays. Like, MVS went for 90 in a touchdown a week one. He's 3,800 on DK. It's super thin. Trust me. Like, if you played him last week, which I did in tournaments, he got 0.9. Not from <laughs> reception, but from running the ball. So, it's really thin. I don't mind Justin Jefferson, especially on FanDuel at 6,600. Um, I'm also a little biased cause he killed it for me a couple weeks ago. So, I uh, love that, but tell us about your boy, big Irv. Oh
0: my gosh. Every time we have a chance to talk about Big Irv, Irv Smith jr, we have to do it. Um, uh, you know, most of the time we prescribe to the strategy, especially in cash of wanting to punt the, the tight end position. There are some plays on the slate that stand out to me. If you need to save money, which we already talked about, it's a really, really tricky slate in terms of wanting to pay up for some wide receivers and also running back. It's just tough to do. So if you want to try to do that, guys like Irv Smith, who's priced at $3,000 on DraftKings, is viable. I mean, the last four weeks, here's the trend of his snap counts. 52%, 62%, 68 and 79%. So he is becoming almost an every down type of player for that offense. And over the last two weeks, four catches each game went for 64 yards and 55 yards. So is that going to you know, blow your socks off and like win you a GPP? Probably not, but is it going to be viable in cash at three thousand dollars? Probably, if he does that. And Green Bay is giving up a seventy-eight percent completion percentage to tight ends. So if you want to save money at tight end, to me, he's a fine play this week.
1: And by punting at tight end, what we're saying is all we really need in cash lineups is for Irv, who's at three K, to really two X in value. So if you get six points from from Irv, like that's more than enough. Like it's totally fine. You're because you're paying up somewhere else. So I don't mind that for punting. Uh, Robert Tunyon whatever he wants to call himself this week uh, I just can't trust him last week it was Sternberger I just in GPPs maybe but he's uh he's not really in cash and then also throughout Packers defense isn't the worst play you could do at home so give me your Vegas pick
0: yeah for sure and this one I'm taking Green Bay I just trust them they look so good Kirk Cousins like I said before I just feel like I can't I can't back him give me Green Bay
1: I'm going to take the under Minnesota plays at a pretty slow pace and I just don't trust cousins to be able to keep up with the Packers. So it's 54 point under, you know, I could see this closer to to 50, 50, 51 or two. So I'll take that. All right. Titans. Who have a 30 point team implied total face the Bengals who man, Bengals are one of those teams that we get to talk about. And it's ugly sometimes and the record doesn't show it. But for fantasy, there's a lot of really fun pieces here and a lot of affordable pieces. This game has a 53 and a half total and the Titans are five and a half point favorites. So Tennessee's playing at an actually pretty fast pace. You might think like, Oh, they have Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have huge volume. They must just be like slow plotters, but uh, they average the eighth most plays per game, third and neutral situation. And then Cincinnati has been, you know, up tempo the whole year They're, running three wide just as much as anyone else. So the tempo is up and we love that for DFS. We want to make sure these teams can go back and forth. So my question is can Cincinnati keep up with these Titans? I think they can. I put this
0: in a in my Vegas report article talking about games you want to stack and just talking about how Joe Burrow is just been so good against the spread. And so every week we see these totals where it's like the Bengals are, you know, six-point underdogs, seven-point underdogs, ten-point underdogs. And all of a sudden, you look at the the TV and it's like a, a field goal game. You're like, what happened? Um, Joe Burrow has been able to cover the spread. He's been really effective. They trust him. He leads the NFL in pass attempts. He's dropping back to throw a ton. And yeah, like you said, with the pace that they're playing with and then combine it with the amount of um, the, the efficiency, I should say from Tennessee it's just forcing opposing offenses into a a ton of play volume and then you combine that with the fact that Joe Burrow throws the ball more than anyone else in football this game environment to me is probably the most exciting on the entire slate
1: now granted Joe Burrow's been boom or bust like when he's faced a good pass rush like he has crumbled he's had some eight nine point games but Tennessee's just not good at getting back getting it to the quarterback so I love Joe Burrow here, and he's really easy to stack with. Like Tyler Boyd, sixty-six hundred. T. Higgins is an elite play this week. Like he's a he's a cash game play. And mm-hmm. you know Tennessee is just giving it up to perimeter wide receivers, like big games. I'm talking like Justin Jefferson's one hundred and seventy-five yard game. Will Fuller had over a hundred and a touchdown. Like these are huge games. And in this one, you're gonna need some pieces on the Cincinnati side because I'm gonna want to play Derrick Henry. Is he a lock for you this week?
0: Oh my gosh. Derrick Henry might run for 200 yards and like four touchdowns this week. I mean, to me, I say this on the pod. I feel like weekly, like what, who, which player am I just like logging into DraftKings and just looking at the board and saying, you're in my lineup. I'm not even going to think twice about it. It's Derrick Henry this week for me. I mean, it's perfect environment. They're huge favorites. The weather is getting colder. We're turning to November here. Uh, this is Derrick Henry season. Cincinnati is giving up over five yards per carry. Looking at football outsiders metrics, when you talk about offensive line play, uh, Tennessee is seventh in adjusted line yards. And you don't really know exactly what that means, but basically seventh is good. You want to be close to one. And on defense, on the defensive line, <laughs> Cincinnati is 25th. So we love that mismatch. Yeah, man, to me, Derek Henry is just going to come out and absolutely uh, run the, the Bengals into the ground, similar to the way he stiff-armed Josh Norman a few weeks ago.
1: Henry's 8,000 on DraftKings and a lot of times, you know, his price is going to be much lower there because he doesn't have the pass catching profile, but he should be at least $500 more. Um, He's just set up for success. And I'll just say having Derrick Henry in your lineup is so fun. It's just more fun (laughs) to watch football and do DFS with Derrick Henry in there. So yeah, I think he's a smash play this week. For me, it's, you know, like we said, Kamara, it's Henry, it's Cook. And then we'll get to Kareem Hunt. Those are the top four running backs that you want to play this week. And if you can get two of those in your cash game lineup, I mean, I think you're set up uh, for success. If you can mix in some other guys, what about Ryan Tannehill? He's been super efficient and he's pretty easy. Like, you know where the ball's going to go. It's probably going to go to AJ Brown. Hopefully it goes to John Smith who's fell flat the last two weeks. He's set up for success. Cincinnati's given up the second most fantasy points. So would you stack that or are you so into Henry that you're kind of like sour on that?
0: No, I think that's a great stack, especially in tournaments. I think to me, you know, Henry is the cash play. And honestly, I think I think you can play all these guys in cash, but I lean Henry just for the, the known volume. But yeah, if you want to build a Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, John U. Smith uh, triple stack against this defense and then bring it back with someone like a T Higgins, I think that's a great play. I mean, you look at. Cincinnati right they can't really get to the quarterback anyway and they just traded away Carlos Dunlap to Seattle so Tannehill is gonna have a clean pocket all day last two quarterbacks to face Cincinnati 72% completion percentage almost 700 yards in two games and eight touchdowns over that span we're talking about two players one last week was Baker Mayfield do you know the other one
1: uh, I don't
0: Philip Rivers was putting up this level of production against this defense. So yes, Ryan Tannehill is definitely in play with stacks with AJ Brown and John Smith, who I think, by the way, is just an absolute standout, like far and away screaming one of the best GPP plays on the entire slate because last two weeks, he has done literally nothing. And this is a game where he can come out and absolutely smash.
1: Yeah, and he gets you those big plays, which is what you want. You can't say about every single tight end that they're yak masters, like after the catch they could take one 30 or 40 yards to the house. So love Johnu here. I'll mention Drew Sample's name and then we'll move on. But I just, you know.
0: <laughs> that's all you need to know. He is a player for we the get our quota.
1: What about Gio? I mean, I think Joe Mixon's probably going to miss this game. So Gio was fine last week. He was fine. He wasn't great. He kind of lucked into a, a, a touchdown, but um, he's getting the snaps. He's seeing the touches and that's really what you want. So do you want to go Gio?
0: Not really, and last week it was so easy to do it because he was just so, so cheap. What was he, like $4,500 on DraftKings, I think, Um, but they priced him up a little bit this week, kind of knowing that potentially Mixon could miss, and that's a great point for our listeners too, you know, like, I feel like everyone just gets so amped to play these backup running backs whenever the starter is ruled out, but that rule to me only really applies when it's like later in the week and DraftKings or FanDuel haven't had the opportunity to set pricing yet, and we can really just take advantage of um, a price that looks silly on paper, but really, you know, they didn't know he was going to miss the game. So to me, Gio Bernard this week, I'm not super excited about it. He will catch a bunch of footballs given that they're almost a touchdown underdog, but yeah, I'm not super excited about Gio.
1: Yeah. And we mentioned earlier, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. I just, I love both of them this week. They just feel safe. And in that price range of, you know, mid 600s, mid 500 or 5,000s, there's just not many guys that you could really just say like, I know they're going to get seven targets, or I know that the, that their quarterback is just going to keep chucking it. And that's what you can count on with Burrow. So Boyd and Higgins uh, need to be in your turnups, but I- I'm totally fine if either of them are in your cash lineups. I have Higgins in mind right now, and I, I believe you do too. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's a great play. And then if you really wanted to for tournaments, the Titans DST isn't the worst thing. I mean, Burrow's still a rookie, so you can get a pick six, you can get something else if you really wanted to. Uh, anything else from this game?
0: No, I think that you know those are I think you guys can hear in our voices like how excited we are about this game. So uh, this is gonna be my my highest uh, rostered grouping in terms of game stacks. I'm gonna have probably a couple of Burrow and Boyd Higgins double stacks bringing it back with someone like an AJ Brown or John knew I'm going to stack definitely Tannehill with AJ Brown and John New. bring it back with someone like a T Higgins. Like I'm, I'm all over this matchup. I'm really excited about it.
1: And Henry's one of those people. If you don't roster Henry, then you feel it like you fall under that avalanche. Like a lot of people did a couple of weeks ago. And I, we were fortunate to have him in a lot of lineups. So in terms of the Vegas pick, uh, five and a half points on the road. I could see this game just being stagnant. Um, but i I just their pace is so good, so at a fifty three and a half, I'll take the over.
0: yep, I'm with you. I'll take the over.
1: All right, let's get to the game that you and I have wanted to talk about. I know the people the 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 public out there the the average pedestrian the the common folk, the plebeians wanted to talk about this game. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. We're the talking lot- the Raiders and the Browns. How exciting for DFS.
1: <laughs> it's crazy, though, that there's some value here. Uh There's cheap quarterbacks. There's top running backs. There's tight. I mean, there's just every single position. There's somebody that maybe you could do. Maybe even the Raiders defense you could maybe. throw out there. <laughs> we'll see, man. I think- things can get weird. <laughs> so... This game is a fifty two and a half total. The Browns are two and a half point home favorites and this is a team without Odell Beckham. But uh if you remember correctly, a couple years ago, I have a very vivid memory of this game, two thousand eighteen. These Browns played the Raiders. They were called the Oakland Raiders, for you uh woke kids that don't know your history, but <laughs> they were the <laughs> Oakland Raiders back then. Yes. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> That's how the kids say. So that game went forty-five to forty-two, <laughs> and our boy Derek Carr went absolutely bananas.
0: Send in the car. Send in the car.
1: He went for Send four hundred thirty-seven car, yards. Yeah, are you in the car this week? Okay, so we've talked about this a lot. Derek Carr is not the sexiest name by any means, but you know he's just price right. Right now he's hundred dollars and uh with fifty five hundred that affords you so much on DraftKings to be able to uh just work in those high price running backs so tell me why Derek Carr makes sense people don't so put your hands on the wheel make sure you' you're you're okay get your barf bag tell me why Derek Carr is a cash gameplay
0: dude yeah we were we were uh, messaging each other in slack on Monday afternoon, I think it was when like we first started looking at pricing. And I just like said to you, I was like, am I really going to play Derek Carr in cash this week? The answer is yes, I'm going to do it. And listeners, I hope you're with me. (laughs) Go with me on this crazy ride because he's $5,500, which is great on DraftKings. We want that type of salary savings. If you want to pay up for Cook, if you want to pay up for Derek Henry, which I do, um, you need savings somewhere in your lineup. And he is the saving quarterback, 20 in pricing on DraftKings. To me, it's just silly. He's got. Top 14 finishes at the quarterback position in four of his last five starts. We like that. Cleveland is 28th against fantasy quarterbacks. We love that. And they've given up the fourth most touchdown passes. We like that. So to me, there's a lot to like about Derek Carr here. And going up against Cleveland, he is crushed in his career. He's played them three times. He has averaged 360 yards, 2.3 touchdown passes, and less than an interception per game. He's been great.
1: I actually like Derek Carr quite a bit this week. I want to go bananas for Derek Carr this week, and there's just options in the passing game. Nelson Aguilar has come out of nowhere to be someone that people are talking about. As I I want to pick him up and redraft, like Nelson Aguilar um, has been awesome recently, and he has four TDs on the season. That's that's incredible. And then Henry Ruggs is the big play guy. You know, Cleveland's allowed the fifth most completions of twenty plus yards, and 50% of his targets are those deep ones. So he's a threat. And then I love Darren Waller this week. Think of Darren, Wallen at Darren Waller as a wide receiver. Okay, because I mentioned earlier that price range in DraftKings is tough. $5,600, like he's a wide receiver. He has a 27% target share and he's just going to be peppered with targets against this Browns team who's allowed the fifth most reception. So I love that side of the ball, but... It also allows you to play a running back on the Browns that we really like. So tell me about Kareem Hunt.
0: Oh, my gosh, man. Cash game lock. To me, he and Derrick Henry, probably the top two players in the entire slate. He's averaging almost 18 opportunities per game. He's not that expensive either for what he is and what he's doing on either site. $6,900 in DraftKings, to me, just feels like $1,000 off of what he actually should be, maybe more. And and on FanDuel, $8,200. So great price Great opportunity, great usage. Las Vegas, man, they're just getting plummeted by running backs. And he's involved in both the running and the receiving game and and just creating yards after contact. A good friend of the show, perhaps you all have heard of him, Andy Holloway, uh, put this out on Twitter. He said, Kareem Hunt's big game is here. This is the week. Three yards after contact this year. Second best in the NFL. We like that. Facing the Raiders, they're giving up three yards after contact. Dead last in the NFL. No one can tackle Cream Hunt. He's going to come out and absolutely smash this week. I love him.
1: I should give that guy a follow. Uh, that 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 sounds. That he's, sounds not good. That, Andy Holloway. he's not that Andy Holloway. So, Holloway.
0: Eh, I believe that's how you right, pronounce well, it.
1: All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll check him out later. On the Brown side, in terms of the pass catchers, you know, we have Jarvis Landry left over. Rashard Higgins is a very popular play. Um, people are going to be playing him in GPPs. He's only 4,200. And Baker loves this guy. Like, it's weird to think that this guy's kind of been the third receiver for, I don't know, the last three years. And he's had moments where he stepped into higher volume, but Baker loves him. So we love him and we love him for fantasy. But do we actually love Baker this week?
0: I don't know. Five teams it's so last tough. week. Yeah, it's so tough because, again, what what we've seen from Baker so far this year has been really uninspiring. Like, every week... To me, he's like in the range of like quarterback 18 to like 25 when you rank these quarterbacks. So I'm not super excited about him. To me, I'm going to play Derek Carr if I'm playing a quarterback in this matchup. And it's not because I don't think Baker can get there. Certainly, the Raiders aren't really a scary matchup. But I just think Cream Hunt's going to steal so much production that it'll be tough for Baker and Cream Hunt to get there. Where I know Cream Hunt is going to be the one that comes out with the production. So I probably won't play uh, a ton of Baker this week.
1: Harrison Bryant scored two touchdowns last week. He was the punt play, which uh, we didn't get that news until later in the week about Austin Hooper and his uh, appendectomy. So uh, do you like Bryant as a punt play more than Irv? Who's, uh, Bryant's $200 more
0: Uh I think they're pretty similar. To me, it's just a matter of do you need the extra $200 or not? On this slate, you probably do. So I would probably go with Irv, but um they're both they're both fine punt plays i could play either one and if you're looking at this you know we also didn't know last week when we got that news of austin hooper like who was the tight end that was going to produce was it going to be david and joku or was it going to be harrison bryant and it was the rookie came out played almost 100 percent of snaps 99 of the snaps um he got five targets and joku played 62 percent of the snaps saw three targets so certainly if you're going to look at you know again it's a one game sample size it's small but if you're going to play one of the two it's got to be Harrison Bryant. And for some reason, DraftKings priced up in Joku $600 more than Harrison Bryant. So to me, it's a, it's an easy decision between the two Browns tight ends.
1: Yeah, this game is just it has points and just really easy plays. So we mentioned Kareem Hunt's the cash gameplay. He's a lock. And then in tournaments, we love Derek Carr and mixing him maybe with one of those Raiders receivers, maybe Darren Waller. But I will say Josh Jacobs We don't talk about him a ton here because unless the Raiders are winning, he's not going to be good. But $6,200 on DraftKings, he's the type of leverage play while everyone else is going to be playing Hunt in a tournament. If you want to stack it the other way, if you want to say, I want to go Baker, I want to go Jarvis, and I want to go Harrison Bryant, and then do Jacobs on the other side and say, you know what? I think the Raiders are going to get a lead and just give Jacobs the rock You know, 25 times. That's a great way in a tournament to kind of gain some leverage, but I, I love this game. I just love the prices. Like I can fit these guys in even as one-off plays. I can put Henry Ruggs in a GPP lineup and, and not feel bad about it. So what's your take on the Vegas line?
0: Yeah, I'll take Cleveland minus two and a half here. I think they win this game,
1: man. I, uh, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. So I'm actually going to take the Raiders in the points.
0: All right. The Fair Raiders, enough. the Raiders. You're, dude, You're all, you are bananas for Derek Carr this week. I'm, I'm all in.
1: I need to show it even more. I feel like this isn't enough. I need to no. prove it to him.
0: You need to play him in 100% of lineups.
1: <laughs> I will prove it to you, Derek. <laughs> Should I tell Derek that I had his brother David Carr's jersey for the Texans? He might get really and, upset with you. Well, it doesn't really mean much anymore because I think he was sacked more than any other quarterback. If but I... I do care about your family too. Derek.
0: <laughs> if I take down a GPP this week, um, I will be sending you a Derek card jersey in the mail. Book it.
1: All right. You heard it people. All right. Next game. Uh, San Francisco 49ers face the Seahawks in Seattle. This game is a 53 and a half point total and the Seahawks who just keep on rolling, but you know, crazy game, crazy game against the, the Cardinals. They're three point home favorites and 49ers have kind of turned things around. I, I, I just thought they were left for dead the first couple of weeks. I was like, "Oh, this team is a shadow of what they were going to the Super Bowl." But uh, they're competitive. That division, man, NFC West is a tough division. They're all—I think they're all above five hundred, right? Or five hundred so, better. Yeah. Yep. That's that's crazy. So the part that I'm trying to figure out, and maybe you could educate me here, Bets, you are a doctor, uh, is the pace. I mean, the 49ers ranked dead last, and the Seahawks surprisingly rank pretty low in pace and it's mostly because they're converting like you know a ton of first and second downs their third down rate's actually terrible uh, Russell Wilson's one of the worst in the league I put this out on Monday but he's one of the worst in the league on third downs but he's so far and above on first and second that he's made up for it but what do you think about the pace of this game
0: yeah it's really intriguing because if you just look at the raw data across the entire season you might look at this and be like oh well this game might be kind of slow and um, it's not that exciting because the Niners have done that, but, uh, shout out to Pat Thorman with, uh, the guys over at establish the run. He put this out in some of his work and he studies pace a lot and does a great job with it. So please give him a follow. Um, but he was talking about how the Niners are basically like a chameleon. Like they will adapt to whatever the game environment is or whatever their opponent does. And in games where they've come out and they've just come out and handedly taken care of their opponents, they'll slow it down and the game is kind of a low-scoring affair. They don't need to, to rush the ball and put up points. Um, or I shouldn't say rush the ball, but they don't need to rush in terms of their pace and put up points. But against Seattle, I think they are going to have to do that. And we've seen them do that in past weeks where they can just adapt in a second and go. And so to me, I'm not super concerned about the pace. I actually think it's going to be a really high scoring game. We've got almost a 54 point over under and I expect that total to climb by the time kickoff gets here with people betting the over. So I think the pace is going to be just fine in this one.
1: Yeah, it's all about efficiency. We know Russell Wilson's efficient, but Jimmy G really does have games where he can just go off. Like we saw it a couple of weeks ago uh, against the Rams, right? Went for 260 and three touchdowns. Like he can do that. They are without Debo Samuel, and their running back group is just completely torn up. We don't know at this moment is Tevin Coleman coming back? Uh, Is it going to be Jamichael Hasty? Is Jarek McKinnon going to see more snaps? So as of right now, that running back group, I can't really give a firm take on it. Uh, If one of them, if it is clear uh, that Coleman's coming back, he's interesting because he's just priced way down. Um, But I think they are going to have to keep pace. And on the Seahawks side, I feel like every week you have to pick, is it Lockett or is it Metcalf? So do you feel like people, how do you think people will react based on, I don't know, a 200 yard three touchdown game on prime (laughs) time?
0: Yeah. Today's... DFS uh, community and people playing DFS are getting smarter and smarter every single year and honestly every week. Um, so in the you know the past it'd be so easy to be like oh my gosh everyone's gonna flock to Tyler Lockett just play DK Metcalf and you'll probably you know end up in a good spot. But I don't think people are gonna do that anymore. I mean DK Metcalf has been the talk of Twitter just because he chased down (laughs) Buda Baker on like a 90 yard almost return to the house on a a pick six, but he was just so fast. He looks so athletic. Everyone's talking about DK Metcalf and he came out and put up like two for 23 the other night. So I still think both people are both players. I should say are going to be heavily rostered this week as they should be. Um, I'll probably just split it up like I usually do each week. 50% of my lineups that I play will have a a, lot of Tyler Lockett. The other ones that I play with Seahawks are going to have DK Metcalf and either way uh, you're happy.
1: You know, with DFS, we play. it's funny how many mind games you end up playing because this, this is kind of the way that I've gone. And maybe you've done this too if you're listening. You're like, okay, everyone liked Tyler Lockett because he did so good last week. So I'll go to DK Metcalf, but everyone else is also thinking that. So maybe I'll go to Lockett, but everyone is probably thinking that too. So I should play David Moore and get a zero. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> play David Moore or Greg Olson. You won't have to worry about it.
1: It's so funny though, like when you're constructing tournament lineups, like you have to tell yourself a story. It's what we what we explain to people It's like you have to explain a narrative, and just run with it. And that's what ends up happening is you're like, okay, is everyone gonna flock here? Is there groupthink involved? What's going on? But either of, one of those guys are great on Fanduel. They're mispriced. I mean, DK is only seventy eight hundred. Lock seventy two hundred. So Fanduel, I love stacking some Seahawks, and. Carlos Hyde, if he's a starter, let's say we know that Chris Carson's out. Would you be interested in Carlos Hyde at his price? On Fandle, he's all the way down at $5,000. we have seen him get the workload. Last week, he did get most of it when uh, Carson was out and he ran well. So you willing to go there?
0: It's so tough because, again, we're, you know, listeners, we're recording this on Wednesday. And so it's tough to see what's going to play out here this week he's on the injury report with some hamstring tightness so hopefully we get more information as the week goes on about who's going to play but we know chris carson is not going to play in this game there's no way and so it's either going to be carlos hyde and some sort of combination of travis homer or dj dallas but there's still a realm of possibility where carlos hyde and travis homer either are super limited or don't play and then you're stuck with, with dj dallas at like stone minimum so I think it depends on how you're building lineups. I don't love either of these guys, to be honest with you, especially in cash. I think they're a little too thin. Carlos Hyde, to me, is just its just a volume play and nothing more. Like To me, there, I see no upside with it, and I really just want to, uh, to play the pass catchers here, to be honest with you.
1: So if Marshawn Lynch came running in and was in this game, you would just lock him in?
0: Oh, 110%.
1: Perfect. But... It's probably yeah, I'm probably gonna stay away from this backfield. It's Russ, it's those two pass catchers, and I think you're totally fine just rolling with them and you know, thinking this game's gonna go off. But on the 49ers side, there's a wide receiver this week that's the talk of the town. I mean, people are going wild about Brandon Ayuk, or as we call him at footballers, Ayukin. Um, Brandon Ayuk is fifty, nine hundred dollars on FanDuel, which that is that's wrong. Um They must have not changed that because when Debo went out, he's just gotten tons of usage. He had over 100 yards last week on six catches. uh, And he's kind of like Debo. Like It's weird that they drafted someone that's kind of like a clone. Like After the catch, he's awesome. So tell me about Brandon Ayuk. Maybe some people haven't played him yet this year, don't know the rookie. So give some people some reasons why they should play Brandon Ayuk.
0: Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is a, a cash game lock for me on both sides. He mentioned FanDuel, so cheap. DK, uh, $5,800, also a great price. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is a guy that this offense loves. They traded up to get him in the first round out of Arizona State. He is a yards after the catch monster in college. He was just so, so good at it. And it fits perfectly with what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Like you're saying, we saw Debo get involved. I think most of his targets, Debo Samuels have been behind the line of scrimmage this year. So essentially he's like an extension of the running game. Uh, But Brandon, Ayu can do the same thing and he is so dangerous with the ball in his hands in the FBS last year. He was second in yards after contact behind only Jamar Chase, who is projected to be one of the top wide receivers in this year's draft class and behind him was cd lamb so he's right there with like that caliber level level player fifth fifth in the uh in the ncaa excuse me in yards after the catch so he's just so good with the ball in his hands to me like you could not have dreamed up a better wide receiver for what kyle shanahan wants to do i think he's going to come out and just have a fantastic week this week
1: so he's got the profile he's got the price he's set up with the volume and then just to to put the cherry on top the Seahawks defense has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers. I mean, this is just set up to smash. He will be popular. So in tournaments, if you want to go Kittle um, and you're like, hey, I, I just, you know, he's going to be a 20% plus. Uh, people are going to want to play Brandon Ayuk. Uh, then Kittle's there. He's getting nine targets a game. He's a better play on FanDuel at 7,700. But um, I like picking one of those guys and just stacking him with Jimmy G and maybe taking one of those uh, Seahawks wide receivers so that's pretty much about it in this game I just don't trust Jerick McKinnon and Greg Olson uh, is dead to me as well so uh, <laughs> on that me, note <laughs> give me your uh, Vegas pick
0: yeah this one opened at a, at three and a half for Seattle but now it's down to three so people are, are betting um, on the Niners and I think that three kind of gets to the field goal it's going to be a close game I'll, I'll take the points with San Fran
1: I'll take Seattle minus three. I just trust Russell in this one. The 49ers are kind of banged up. So um, if they just get some competent play from the running backs, I, I like the Seahawks to cover at home. All right. Last game here. This is the fifth game we're going to talk about. And this one, this one has the fifth highest total. So we, we, we're going to talk about it because we need to, there's a couple of specific plays that we love for cash, but Um, it's the Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit lions. The Colts are three point road favorites. This game is a 50 point total. Uh, I feel like when I first looked at this game, I said like, okay, so, uh, where are the points coming from? Like what, what is Vegas seeing here that they're saying you're going to go back and forth? Matthew Stafford's kind of been disappointed. Like I checked it out on this slate. He's thrown for the 14th most passing yards per game like that's not going to cut it like he hit his first 300 yard game last week and then philip rivers is just the most mad player there is in the league like where are the points coming from in this game
0: i wish i could tell you (laughs) i mean uh, we you know spoiler alert for our listeners like kyle and i we have a show doc we go into it before the show and we put on all these crazy stats that we tell you guys and highlight certain things there's there's color coded things And up to this point, the show doc's been pretty colorful. Lots of notes, lots of stats. We get to this game, and I feel like you and I both just went, I don't know. Like, I I don't want this game. And I wrote this up in the Vegas article. To me, it's just a full fade across the board. Like, not a single player that I want to stack. Maybe I'll play a couple of Jonathan Taylor shares, just given that he's seen a ton of workload against the Lions. But, yeah, man, I'm so confused with 50 points in this game. I would project it to be like... I don't know, forty-seven and a half, forty-eight, something like that. So it's, I don't know why it's so high.
1: I don't have anything positive to say about this game. I, I really don't. Well, maybe I can change your mind and uh, ease things a bit. Oh, oh. It's so smooth. You know, here's the thing, Kenny G. He's averaging sixteen and a half fantasy points per game. I still like him on DK, sixty-six hundred. And let me just put the Indianapolis defense in context because if you played them in a redraft league like they likely won you a couple of weeks like I played them one week I think they got 25 or 26 fantasy points and I felt so smart but listen to the quarterbacks that Indianapolis has played so far this this year so 6 games Gardner Minshew Kirk Cousins Sam Darnold so good the, Nick Foles, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow is the only one on that list that I go, okay, he's, he must have put up some yardage, and he did. But other than that, it's rough this year. And so a lot of their stats, like, I just don't, I, I don't buy into them. And I think that we saw that uh, before. Like, they, they didn't even cover against the Bengals last game. They were kind of exposed before the bye. So I like, Looking at the Lions' side and saying, "Okay, don't be scared off by the defense. Play Kenny G if you want to." And DeAndre Swift has expanded. Like Matt Patricia said, that he's going to expand his role. But um, what liar, what happened liar, there?
0: Pants on fire. <laughs> I I can't stand it, man. You when you have the opportunity to give a 35 year old running back double digit carries in back to back weeks who's averaging 2.6 yards per carry like you just have to do it I guess I I don't know it's so infuriating DeAndre Swift is head and shoulders above where Adrian Peterson now is at this stage of his career he's a hall of famer he's great but it's so frustrating let DeAndre Swift carry the ball
1: 35 years old you know as a 33 year old that is just ancient like he he should be out of the league so old (laughs) yeah I I just I wish he was more involved. I just can't trust him. So for me, it's it's Kenny Galladay, uh, maybe TJ Hawkinson. And in case you're wondering why we're not mentioning Marvin Jones, that was last week. Last week was Marv Marv week. Yeah, And yep. we, we know he has a pulse. He put up double-digit points in DK. <laughs> and uh, this <laughs> we week so is Derek Carr week. I, I was like, please don't goose. I'm going to get a bunch of messages. <laughs> that would be great Perfect. if
0: he just comes out and does absolutely nothing after talking about him all week.
1: I love Marv Jones. I I will always love Marv Jones, but um, maybe he's done Uh, on the Colts side though. Jonathan Taylor. Let's talk about JTT because he is somebody that you could play this week coming off a buy. The narrative is that they're going to get him more involved. It's his time. Uh, 7,300 on FanDuel is a great price. So Jonathan Taylor, could you mix him in?
0: Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I came out, I made a blanket statement that I just hate this game and Jonathan Taylor is a fine play. He's actually a really good play, especially on Fandle. $7,300 to me is pretty cheap. Um, you can definitely play him over there. It kind of fits his skill set really well. I expect him to be able to move the ball against the Lions. Obviously, uh, our boy uh, Ben wrote this up in the preseason. Uh, again, defense is going to attack every single week. Nothing has changed through eight weeks of the season. The Lions are still very, very bad on defense. And so, yes, Jonathan Taylor is very much in play. They rank 23rd in rush DVOA defense. And they're giving up the sixth most points two opposing running backs. So Jonathan Taylor is very much in play.
1: I can't do T.Y. Hilton. I just, I can't click the button, maybe in a really big tournament if you're getting crazy. But I just, like we said, we don't like this game that much. Trey Burton, 3,500 on DK. It's not bad. He's had five targets and at least five targets in all of his games so far. That's not the worst. And then Hawkinson, he's like the tight end five in pricing. And once I get to that point, it's just meh. It's just middle of the road. So, Hawkinson's fine. He got lucky to even get a touchdown last week against my Falcons. So, dude, uh,
0: I've, I I almost sent you like a care package this week. Like, what is
1: happening in Atlanta, man? I mean, people have put all over Twitter, but like, we're the only team that can sc- sc- score a touchdown, and it's a bad thing. It's a uh, it's <laughs> it's a weird thing. shout out to Todd so,
0: Gurley for that one.
1: Hey, I love some Todd Gurley. I love my Falcons, but um, I don't know if this is the year. This ain't it. I can tell you that. So what's your Vegas pick? I feel like I already <laughs> I already know it. Yeah,
0: I'm going under. I, I don't see how this game gets to 50. Yes, give me the under. Um
1: times a million. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the under two. Fifty is just not not where I want to be. All right, let's uh let's kill each other and battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. So Battle Royale is a chance for myself to display my intellect, my guile, my poise to Mm -hmm. show Betts that I can defeat Mm -hmm. him in the ring. And right now I'm technically losing.
0: Ha, sucker.
1: (laughs) So we're actually one behind each other, but Battle Royale, we pick a couple of categories. We're using DraftKings this week and we go head to head. So right now Betts is up 14 to my 13. So it's pretty close give me a stacking QB under $6,500 on DK that you like
0: we talked about it man I'm sending in the car this week uh you have to send in the car yes send in the car send in the car into your DraftKings lineup he's so cheap um and you can stack him with a couple players we talked about Darren Waller we like you can obviously stack him with Henry Ruggs who's a deep threat and you can even stack him with Nelson Aguilar I mean here we are 2020, what a year. You can play Nelson Aguilar in TFS. So, let's go. <laughs> that
1: that's that's what you get to do when you're have your app in hand, you know? Like we've mentioned before, you're on a run, you know, you're you're on the toilet and you look and you say, "Wow, Nelson Aguilar. I could play that guy. I could also get a goose. It's totally possible."
0: Yeah, honestly, but, man. I love how also by the way, you <laughs> Those are always your two examples of when people listen to the podcast. They're either on a run or on the toilet. There's no in between. Like you're not driving, you're not out for a walk with your dog, you're not like doing work at your desk, listening in your headphones. Like those are the only two options when listening to the Fantasy Footballers DFS show.
1: Someone like saves their podcast to go. I think I want to go on a run, or man, I think I need to go to the bathroom. Those are two active things. I just figure we're an active group. You know, we're we're trying to challenge people, so. Those are two activities.
0: We're We're officially off the rails. (laughs)
1: All right. I'll give you Jimmy G uh, as my stacking QB. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, People are going to want to play Russell Wilson. So Jimmy G is pretty cheap. And he's 5,400, which is way, 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 way down there. Uh, I mentioned Seahawks are dead last against fantasy QBs, 30th, 30th in past DVOA. So Jimmy G, great stack this week. All right. A running back under 6K you like.
0: There's not a ton of them, to be honest with you, uh, but I'm going with Melvin Gordon this week, $5,600 on DraftKings. Obviously, if we know Philip Lindsay is going to miss this game, which he's in the concussion protocol, then I think his, his price is too low. He's, he's a price. He's averaging 20 opportunities per game when Philip Lindsay is either out or has left early, which is literally every single game of the season. So he's basically a bell cow when when Lindsay is out. The Chargers, they're a good defense, but they're allowing seven receptions per game to the running back. They're also giving up over four yards per carry. So Melvin Gordon can get there on volume alone this week. I'll take him.
1: Revenge. Oh, revenge I forgot game. about that.
0: It matters, dude. It matters.
1: Uh, I'll go with Darrell Henderson Jr. 5,900 on DK. Miami is 32nd in run DVOA. That's last. And 25th in fantasy points given up. I just think that... In that game, it's Tua. It's his first game <laughs> against Aaron Donald. I just think they're going to run the ball. The Rams run at the highest rate in the league. So he's a great play. I don't still trust him in cash. Malcolm Brown is getting more work than I would like. He steals some goal line looks. But um, man, I, I he's almost at that position where I can put him there. And then I need to throw out another running back. Damian Harris is $4,200. That's way down there. Uh, and if you think that the Patriots can somehow get a lead against the bills then they're just going to feed him the rock, uh, and he's been pretty good when they've given it to him. So just throw out Damian Harris. All right. Give me a stud stud wide receiver over 7,000. That's not Devonte Adams.
0: I want to, I want to say Devonte Adams, but I can't, I'll take DK Metcalf, obviously a fine replacement last week is not going to be the normal for DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Usually they're very close in production. And to me, this is a bounce back spot here for DK Metcalf. So I will take him this week.
1: I like Tyler Lockett on the other side. So it's one of those two Seattle wide receivers. There's not a ton to choose from above seven K. It's maybe Thielen. I'll also just throw out Allen Robinson's name. He's in concussion protocol when we're recording this on Wednesday. But love his matchup. Uh love his price on FanDuel. He's severely mispriced uh if you want to put him in your lineups, but Got to wait to hear more word on A-Rob. All right, cash game tied in. That's not named Travis Kelsey or George Kittle.
0: Yeah, I, we talked about this player now, uh, I think, three times in the show. So <laughs> clearly you guys know that we're excited about him. It's Darren Waller. Uh, the guy is locked in as the team's, you know, quote unquote, wide receiver one. He's got a 27% target share this year, so he's safe. And we talked about guys you can stack with Derek Carr. He's it.
1: I'll go with Johnu. He's 4,100. I just, I feel like there's something there in terms of him being the one that gets the touchdown or gets a long one against the Bengals. They're 31st against fantasy tight ends. Johnu Smith can save you the type of money you want to be able to pay up at running back. So last thing, give me a sneaky, this is just for GPP, a sneaky DST this week.
0: Yeah, I struggled with this. I couldn't find anyone that was like cheap and sneaky this week. So I kind of apologize to the listeners. This is totally a Cheap cop-out. sneaky. I'm going <laughs> to go with the Colts. They're not that sneaky because they've been so good, but you talked about like they haven't really faced any good quarterbacks. So to me, I, I picked them because I feel like this is a matchup where it looks like it's a little more difficult on paper, but I think they can still get there this week. $3,100. I don't love them, to be honest. I feel like defense is kind of tricky this week. There's not anyone that's like sub-3K that I love. So I'll take Indy begrudgingly, but I, I like your play a lot better.
1: Yeah, last week we had the Browns and we had Washington. Washington was like the smash play that I, I put in cash. I'll throw out the, the Dolphins, all right? The Dolphins are at home. They play the Rams. And the formula for success for the Rams should just be to run the ball. And if I were the Dolphins, I would say, okay, we need to stop the run. Miami's been awesome against the pass. The last three weeks, they've given up 19 total fantasy points per game to the wide receiver units I mean that's like a that's like a top five number they've been shutting people down since Byron Jones is back Xavier Howard so I don't mind Miami maybe it's just a low scoring game they try to get the win with Tua I think the Rams are a better team but Miami is a sneaky sneaky play and that's way down there uh, for tournaments that could get you uh, a chance to pay up elsewhere let's get into a couple mailback questions <laughs> mailbag mailbag all right trent rye he says how does your strategy change for smaller field gpps so if you're in a tournament with just 100 to 200 people how does that change your strategy
0: yeah the the biggest thing is you don't have to get you know so creative and you don't have to go off the off the board so to speak so when you're playing in these in these tournaments where it's like you know 10,000 people or even more like you need to find thin plays that can get there that no one else is going to have, but when you're playing against 100 people or 200 people, you need to have uh, basically a cash lineup with like one or two pieces that are going to be uh, less popular that week. So, you know, for example, like if you're playing in uh, a five thousand dollar or five thousand, excuse me, 5000 uh, $5, dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's what Kyle plays in a five thousand person tournament like everyone's going to play Derrick Henry this week. So I would probably fade him there. But if you're going up against 100 people, you can still play Derrick Henry and it'll it'll still work out for you as long as you have one other um, contrarian type of play. So you don't have to go off the board quite as much in those smaller field tournaments, which is what I like to play. So I'm right there with you, Trent.
1: And that's our our tournament that we do each week, 75-man tournament on DK. And I just love that field because I get to basically say, okay, give me one or two really contrarian plays. And then I can play really smart plays. Like this past week, I was up there. Me and you were both up there, I think, for a while in the top five. And then once we hit the afternoon slate, and definitely when we, you know, that Sunday night hammer, we were toast. But I had Rodgers. I had Devontae Adams. So those were very, pretty chalky plays, like pretty pretty normal plays. But get to mix in a couple of running backs and wide receivers that maybe other people didn't have. So for me, it's saying who are two chalk players That's good chalk to eat that week. And I probably need to figure out my stance on those players, but you're not trying to get too weird. Like you're not saying in a given week, like I need to play the wide receiver three for the bears. Like don't, don't do that. Like don't get weird like that. Uh, Treat it like a cash game and then maybe mix in two or so contrarian type plays. All right. Carter Rabasa at Cuban links. I don't know if that's a golf reference, if that's like Cuban hot dogs, Cuban links. (laughs) I
0: imagine none of the above, (laughs) but I hope hope it's the hot
1: dogs, (laughs) Cuban hot dogs. Yeah. Which affordable stack? So quarterback and wide receiver. Do you like better this week? Cousins or Jefferson or Garoppolo? Iuke. And then he also gave us a caveat. Maybe just neither. I
0: think they're both good, good stacks. So. You're on the right track there Carter. To me, I lean with Garoppolo and Ayuk. It's mostly just a matchup thing like Green Bay is more beatable on the ground so to me it's more of a Dalvin Cook type of of week. And then we talked about Seattle. I mean they they can't stop anyone through the air. So I will take Garoppolo and Ayuk.
1: Yes. And another way to look at this is if you're thinking about how much these stacks are rostered, you can just add them up. And so we have projections in our DFS pass and Bets and I have some other, you know, roster projections that we have but Let's say Ayuk is going to be the most popular of these four guys. Ayuk comes in at 20% and Garoppolo comes in at 5%. So that's 25% right there in terms of roster percentage. But Cousins, you know, Cousins is going to be 3% maybe and Jefferson's going to be under 10%. So if you want somebody that people aren't going to have, it's probably going to be more Cousins than Jefferson if you're going real contrarian. And let's say, you know, you have a Packers side, but... I like this 49 ers side and just Ayuk just feels so much safer and I don't trust Kirk Cousins at all. All right, Joshua Siegel, he asked, how often do you change your lineups midday afternoon games? And I believe what he's asking is in terms of like late swap. So let's say you have those one o'clock lineups and I think it's in two weeks. Don't we get like a ton of games on the afternoon slate? So I think so. Yeah you have the option on these sites to swap out players uh, that are in the afternoon. So is that something you take advantage of bets?
0: I think I do. And I think a lot of people need to start doing that more because it's really, and it depends on what you're doing, right? If you're playing like 150 lineups, it's so tough to do, especially if you're going through and like hand changing uh, lineups in the afternoon. But if you're only playing like six to 10, which is usually what I do, it's easier to do that. And so what this strategy entails is looking at the one o'clock slate and probably about three quarters into the game, you kind of know like, all right, this player hit this person didn't. And you can kind of look at what their roster percentage is in your app. So, you know, all right, everyone else hit this player and, and he's going off. I need to kind of get contrarian elsewhere to be able to get ahead of everyone else who also had, let's say Devontae Adams last week who just went bananas. Fourth banana reference. You're welcome. Um, nice. and so you need to be able to, uh, to do that. And I don't think a lot of people do that, right? They, they set their lineup and they just say, all right, now I just coast, I, I grab a drink, I hang out on the couch and I'm done. And to be able to make that late swap can really give you a huge advantage. So I use it quite a bit.
1: Yeah. It's, it's be, being able to look at a lineup and you can tell in tournaments, and this is mostly, you know, for me for tournaments where, yeah. all right, I'm about two hours in and I, this lineup could actually make it like this lineup is set up uh, pretty well it, it, and I've got some interesting plays. So you're just asking yourself, who are the guys that I could swap out, but I realize, you know, you're working with the same amount of salary. So um, you can also, pin, you know, kind of pigeonhole yourself in, but we mentioned this all the time on the main podcast, but whatever you're doing, the earlier players need to be in your running back or wide receiver position. You need to leave your flex open in case injuries or, or you know, or other, other things pop up. So, it's something that I think advanced players do way more and don't get too cute. Like don't just go in there and start changing everything. Like, you know, you had your calls for a reason, but something definitely to take advantage of. And dude, I'm so thankful that you've brought up bananas so many times. Like this is, this is a pro potassium podcast. Right. I mean,
0: oh, 100%. percent
1: i I feel like anything, any atomic symbol, that's not the same letter, like wins a lot of money in my brain, like potassium is K, tungsten mm-hmm. is W. I mean, that, that means a lot to me.
0: <laughs> we lost everyone on the show. Thanks a lot, Kyle.
1: <laughs> There's someone out there that's like, I, I've been thinking about that. Yes. Right, same. Get- <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. Last question. Let's just talk about our budget. And I think this is a question we get a lot and not to disclose our own personal fortunes or anything, you know, but what percentage of your budget do you use to construct your lineup? And in a given week, let's give people like a principle that they can work with in just terms of how much for cash, how much for GPP, and how much percentage overall.
0: Yeah. And I think, I guess, well, maybe I'm, I'm reading the question differently. I'm seeing this as what percentage of your lineup budget do you use to set a lineup? Oh, but I'll answer I'm both a, questions. I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> I think both are important to talk about. Yeah. So when you look at the um, what your question was, Kyle, I typically... Um, play 20% of whatever my DraftKings or FanDuel account is that week. I split it up and I'm mostly a cash game player with a little bit of GPP. Um, So I do about 60 to 70% cash every week. And then the other uh, remaining bit, bit is in GPPs. But in terms of AJ's question, it's actually been shown through research that it's more advantageous to spend up and use most of your budget than not. There used to be this kind of compelling theme that's like, oh, everyone else is spending up you might as well get contrarian and just spend down. But I usually spend almost all of it. I mean, I don't try to necessarily, but when you look at your lineup at the end of the day, like I have maybe 500 or less left. I, I really don't go off the board more than that.
1: That's that's the right amount. Like the, people have shown that you need to be somewhere between 500 and you know zero or you know, 300, 200, like somewhere in there. But don't try to get too cute with it. If you like your lineup and you're like, oh, but I have 200 more to spend, um, don't feel bad at all, but, uh, when you're constructing, there's a reason why they're priced certain ways and the higher price players do better. Like it, it's really hard when we talk about pump plays, we talk about players that are 4k or three, like they're just not going to be able to get you there in a tournament. So you're going to need at least two studs or, you know, I've seen people do it where they get three middle tier wide receivers that just go off because people aren't paying for that that week. So yeah, it's just important when you're when you're looking at your lineups, you're saying, "All right, how much is left on the table?" And it should be under five hundred. I want to make sure that you guys know about our seventy-five man tournament on DraftKings. It's five dollar entry, the top five payout. I might have won it once before, and I think Betts is Maybe. coming for it this week in second oh, place. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> hey, it's it still a great
0: Second, so that's fine.
1: <laughs> it is. I wanted people to get the feeling. We we thought about. I think the first week we did winner take all. But I wanted to give people the feeling of like, if they're in a tournament, it's their first time. Like, all right, I can get fifth place. That's a really good lineup. And I, I, I get some money back. But we'd love to play you guys on DraftKings. If you have any other thoughts uh, about the podcast, or how to make it better, we're always looking for suggestions. So any last thoughts, bets before I close?
0: Not really. I'm excited for this week. I think the process was right last week. We just got unlucky, got buried in the avalanche, so to speak. But I'm excited about week eight. And I think our listeners are going to absolutely crush it.
1: Yes, instead of being buried this week, join us above the clouds as we rise to DFS glory. So can't wait. Talk to you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web
1: at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.